Welcome to the ACC Northeast Practice and Career Management Committee's podcast series, Around the In-House. I'm your moderator, Alex Afariot, Legal Counsel at the Boston Consulting Group, Secretary of the ACC Northeast Chapter Board, and a member of the Practice and Career Management Committee. We're back for another episode to speak with more members of the in-house practice about their careers, aspirations, challenges, and personal passions. We hope to provide our listeners once again with this great opportunity to hear directly from other members about the issues that they're facing and to share their tips about building a successful in-house practice. So thanks again for joining us for another trip around the in-house. This episode, I'm thrilled to be joined by Patrick Wu, who is counsel at Staples. Patrick graduated from the University of Michigan, then went on to earn his law degree at Boston College Law School. After finishing a judicial fellowship, Patrick went directly in-house which as we'll talk about today, is becoming an increasingly popular career path for next-gen lawyers. Patrick is an active member of the ACC as co-chair of the ACC Northeast Communications Committee, a member of the next-gen committee, and the forum's chair of the National ACC Corporate and Security Law Network. We'll also talk about how Patrick balances his demanding workload with time for his equally demanding three-year-old and newborn at home, a struggle many parents continue to deal with in this world of remote working. I am just so thrilled to have Patrick joining me today. Welcome to Around the In-House, Patrick. Thanks, Alex, for having me on the podcast. Um, I've been yeah. listening to them, and it's been great to hear about all the different experiences of ACC uh, Northeast members. Thank you. Well, we're thrilled to have you. Um, so I want to just, I think, start with, with your career arc. Um, unlike many lawyers we've spoken to on this podcast, you spent your entire legal career in-house thus far. So tell us a bit how you got where you are today at Staples. Yeah, so I, I graduated from law school in uh, 2010, which was right, you know, in the middle of the recession, um, you know, which of course hit the the legal industry, um, just like you know most other industries. So, um, you know, as I as you mentioned, I did a fellowship at the Mass Superior Court um, out of law school, which was you know a great experience. Um, the the judges are just academic enough that you know coming out of law school you feel like you you're putting all your legal research and writing skills to good use and uh-huh. and you're talking about you know nuances in the law um, and so you know it was it was a great sort of first step out of law school and then after that. Um, uh, you know, I was looking for the next opportunity, and it it came uh, across my desk that that a, through a family friend that was at a solar startup down in New York was looking for a in-house lawyer uh, to help them with figuring out regulations and figuring out contracts and um, applying for incentives, and wow. so. Um, you know, it, 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 I hopped on that opportunity as it came up. Um, and so, you know, it, it, it's very different to become the sole lawyer at a, you know, 10-person company. And Especially right out of a clerkship, a fellowship. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, and it's it, it was it was a bit scary to be honest, right? Because you're you're essentially a brand new out of law school. You have you know an entire business looking for you to you for legal advice excuse me, for legal advice, um, you know, especially you don't have the resources like Lexis or Westlaw anymore. Um, you know, I, I spent a lot of my time Googling and and trying <laughs> to find, you know, free legal resources out there. I, I, I didn't know about ACC at the time. And, you know, in, in retrospect, that probably would have been a good organization to, to get linked up to. Um, and then, you know, I also spent as much time as I could learning from outside counsel. 
Um, we, we had some outside counsel that, that um, were sort of experts in the area, would provide some um, guidance, and then, you know, I, I would try to, to, to figure out as much as I could out of that. And then, you know, you know, as a startup, which is unfortunate, but it, it kind of the reality, it doesn't often last that long. So um, after about two years, the, the company started winding down. Um, at the time, the, the federal incentives for solar development had started drying up. Uh, new tariffs had been imposed on Chinese imported panels. And so the whole business model started to just you know fall apart at that point. So after that, um, I picked up a bit of work doing some contracts for business contacts that I had made, um, you know, while at the startup. And then, you know, that that wasn't really enough to, to get by. So I, I started picking up um, some work through uh, a legal staffing agency um, and who placed me at Staples. And then within a few months, I, I went full time as a permanent employee. That's amazing. Um, and really, I mean, trial by fire too, <laughs> to going to <laughs> yeah. a large, a large corporation like Staples. So I know you've been there now for a little over seven years. How has your role evolved in that time, other than going from a contract employee to to full time? Yeah, no, it, it and it's it's been um, a really varied uh, experience. I, I've I've really touched on a bunch of different things. Um, when I first started, um, even then, I was kind of doing a bunch of different things at once. I, the the first role I kind of entered into was both supporting the merchandising and own brand teams at, at Staples, and also providing. Uh, legal support for a bunch of our global uh, legal teams at that time. And so, it, it, you know, it got me the ability to see a broad picture of how the business operated, you know, even at an international level. Um, as the legal team has gotten smaller over the years, uh, there have been a lot of opportunities to sort of take on different responsibilities and, and uh, assist other business units. Um, you know, most recently you know, during the pandemic, I uh, very early on in the pandemic, I took over support for the Staples promotional products business. Mm. Um, and then I also support currently the M&A team, our supply chain group, um, a bunch of the corporate functions like tax, finance, accounting. Um, so, so you get really a, a good broad picture of, of what's going on at the company. Um, and then I'm also part of the general contracts pool. So all of the commercial attorneys at, at Staples uh, share responsibilities for most of the commercial contracts that come in, sales agreements, uh, vendor agreements, um, general sort of procurement services agreements. So, um, you know, it, it's, it is a, a varied practice. Um, you know, I can say that I'm very much a generalist um, in, in a, so, you know, assisting all these these different groups. Um, and, you know, it, part of it is is largely driven by the needs of the business. Um, the, the, the Staples is a business that has to kind of adapt to how other companies are doing business. Sure. Um, and that's that's no less true, you know, during the pandemic. Um, and so, you know, for, for example, you know, like I mentioned, I took over the, the Staples promotional products business, um, uh, assisting them in, in the pandemic. And um, one of the big things that they did was, was they made this hard pivot 
at the, at the beginning of the pandemic to looking into sourcing uh, personal protective equipment and hand sanitizer mm. and products like that. They, they had looked at, um, you know, what their customers needed and customers didn't need conference giveaways anymore, right? Because right. <laughs> conferences happening. And so they looked and they said, you know, we have suppliers that that make hand sanitizer, right? That that normally they would give away branded hand sanitizer at, at an event. Um, but, you know, we have hospitals and other customers that need sanitizer that have a hard time getting it. Or um, they looked at, you know, their t-shirt uh, manufacturing capabilities and, you know, what, what difference is a cloth mask from a, a t-shirt, right? Other sure. than you put it a little differently. And so um, they, they made this pivot and they were like, you know, th this is a great opportunity to help our customers. This is a great opportunity to, to make a, a few business wins also. And um, for me as, as their lawyer, then, you know, the question is, how do I support them in doing that? And, um, the, the interesting thing is, is that this is an industry that's regulated by the FDA, by the EPA, that, um, you know, was constantly changing early on in the pandemic about um, what was authorized for emergency use, what wasn't, um, what uh, you know, and, and it's a space that's 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 completely different than the spaces that we normally, you know, sell into. And so it was it was a lot of learning, a lot of, um, you know, collaboration with different parts of the business, trying to figure this out. Um, and, and, you know, it's it's at the end of the day, it was it was really a win for the business, a win for our customers. And, you know, it was my job to kind of make sure that we were doing things responsibly. That's fantastic. I mean, what an incredible story of, of, of pivoting and really just awesome to hear how, how much your, your career has been able to touch different parts of Staples business. Um, you know, thinking back a little bit, though, you know, one, one thing I know you and I talked about previously is how this sort of fast-tracked in-house rather than going through a firm or going through, you know, some, some large government agency, it has become much more common for, eternity, uh, for attorneys of our generation. So I'm just curious what your thoughts are as to why. Yeah, and you know, to caveat it, I, I don't have any like formal research in this area. Sure. Um, but, you, know, <laughs> you know, a lot of this is anecdotal as as I've talked to, to other ACC members or or looked at, you know, how, how Staples has handled things. But I think um, you know, I think it is a trend and and I think that the uh, two thousand eight recession played a big part in it. Um, I think in those years, um, you know, around the recession, there was a, a glut of new lawyers that didn't have firm jobs and didn't have, um, you know, a big agency experience or anything like that, that, that were looking for, for anything, right? And I think businesses at the time realized that, you know, they could save on legal costs by bringing in a, a junior lawyer into their department that that may not have the experience of, of a firm lawyer but could work on contracts could learn from more senior attorneys could do um, you know everything that they were looking for and they didn't have to pay the huge you know fees of, of a big law associate right mm -hmm. um, and I think that there is the you know it, it is essentially the, the model that that law firms use, right? When they bring on new junior associates, that they they learn from working on matters and they learn from from the more senior um, partners, and um, but but bringing that in house and and bringing that um, 
in, into a legal department setting. And so, you know, um, looking at Staples, one of the things that, that has been really successful is our um, legal internship program. So we'll, we'll bring law school students in um, and, and have them work as interns. And then, you know, when it's time for them to graduate law school and they're looking for their next job, they're already, they already know the Staples business. They know how we do things. They know what, what we're concerned about. And now we have um, a couple of lawyers in our department that, that started as interns and basically right after law school um, came in-house to Staples. And, and they're great. Yeah, so I, mean, I think it's probably a, a trend that we're going to see throughout the industry, and and you know the law firm model is not going to not going anywhere. It's not going to die, but um, I think that there are a lot of different avenues now um, for for new lawyers coming out of law school that that you don't have to do the stereotypical you know go to a firm work you know for several years at a firm then make the move in house. Absolutely. Well, and, and I'm just curious, you know, any any reflections even just from from um, looking after your interns and even just from your own experience about what advice you would have to sort of newer to practice lawyers who who maybe want to go this route of, of going right in house. Yeah. And I think I think the, the thinking there is that, um, you know, going in house is not a single thing. Right. There, there are so as many different companies out there with as many different legal departments and in-house lawyers, you know, as there are companies basically, right? And every company does things a little differently. Everybody views, every company views their in-house lawyers role a little differently. And so I think really the, the point is, is to really think about your goals and, and your priorities and, and try to figure out what is the right fit, right? Um, just don't, don't jump at the first opportunity that's out there. Um, because I, I think, you know, it's, it's, it's like any other job or any other decision that you make, you kind of have to make, um, do an assessment of, of what it is that you're looking for. Um, I think, you know, being the, the, the sole lawyer at a startup is, is very different than being in a large legal department, right? And, and you, you certainly have different pros and cons to each. Um, there's something certainly to be said about trying to, to learn things from, you know, the seat of your pants, basically, right? And, but then there is also something to be said about having senior attorneys that you can bounce ideas off of and learn from their experience. So, so the, the, there certainly are pros and cons to each. Um, and, you know, it's also very different if the, the culture of the legal department, you know, if it's a legal department that is viewed as as kind of a hindrance to the business, um, you know, it's it's a very different experience than one that is a um, collaborator and, and working with the business to strategically, you know, achieve business goals. So I, I think, you know, you, 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 to the extent that you can try to learn as much about what you uh, about the company that you're, you're going into, about the department, about the other individuals there. Um, and then once you're there, I think it's important to try to be as flexible and adaptable as possible, right? That that you, mm -hmm. you want to, um, you know, in, in some ways shape your role to 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 be um, to meet whatever the business needs. That's fantastic advice. Absolutely. Really terrific. Um, so I just want to switch gears a little bit, though, and, and focus on the topic I know is top of mind for a lot of our listeners, as well as I'm sure for you, um, is, is this idea of work-life balance and how we um, sort of capture it. You know, I know this episode is airing as many working parents 
continue to grapple with the frustrating reality that COVID-19 has left us in. And as the dad of two young children, including a newborn, I, I would love to hear how about how you and your spouse have navigated this balance. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. And and, and I, I think it's a it's a timely topic, right? Um, so we we have a, a three year old son and, and a four month old son, um, and my my wife is a pharmaceutical market research consultant. So you know we, we're both working. We have busy work days with you know internal and external calls, and you know we we need some quiet time to get work done. Sure. You know, it, 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 I'm sure it's a struggle that that a lot of parents have. Um, you know, our, our older son, Charlie, um, who was two last year, um, normally went to a daycare that was located on the Staples campus, you know, and, and which shut down around the same time that that all the, sa the Staples employees went to work remote. Um, and um, and it, it's actually still not reopened at this point. Um, you know, for us, we were extraordinarily lucky and, and grateful that my mom was able to stay with us for mm -hmm. most of last year, from um, about mid March to, to mid October. Um, you know, I had initially insisted that she stay with us for you know safety reasons for for her safety um, during the pandemic, but it really turned out to be a huge benefit to us to to have my mom <laughs> here. You know, to to have somebody that could you know watch Charlie for for certain parts of the day. You know, or as things came up with work, um, and after she she returned home to New Jersey. We had a babysitter come to stay, um, you know, and, and watch our son um, a few days a week uh, until our younger son, Max, was born in uh, December of last year. Um, you know, following his birth, uh, we, um, my, my wife took, you know, maternity leave. I was able to take about a month off for paternity leave. Mm -hmm. Um, and, you know, which was great, you know, to, to, to be able to do that was, was excellent, um, to, to spend some quality time together, you know, and, and really during the pandemic, it, it was, um, you know, Odd to say, it, but no better time, right? Because we, we had nowhere to go. We have a newborn right. at home, right? <laughs> like you're not able to do much anyway. So so it was it was good, um, you know. Um, so after that, uh, when I returned to work, we we decided to send Charlie back to daycare just for um, you know our own sanity and and able to sure. to do stuff. Um, we. You know, and so because the Staples one wasn't reopened, we we chose a, a another center that was a little bit closer to home. Um, and uh, I, I think we'll we'll probably end up sending our um uh our newborn to uh daycare probably starting sometime later in the spring or or summer. Um, now my wife is back to work now. Um, we're both working, and and so um, with the baby at home, it's it's kind of a juggling act. Um, sure. I, I think you know it's a situation that I think a lot of parents are in right now, right? That I think Absolutely. we um, we certainly are are lucky that we're both in careers and and at stages in our careers that we have some control over our own schedules that we can um you know we can push calls if we have to we can um you know work uh more in the evening and you know once the kids are in bed we can we can make those adjustments on the fly if, if we have to um but certainly you know um 
our our evening you know one of the things we do in the evening is, is go over what our schedule looks like for the, the next day right and to figure uh-huh. out when do i have a call when do you have a call you know can you take care of the baby during this time frame can you do it during this time frame and and just to make sure that you know if we do have something critical in the middle of the day that you know that, that we don't get interrupted but um I think that you know certainly we didn't have to deal with things like remote learning, which I know is a challenge for a lot of people. Okay. Um, but uh, you know, and and it, it's also I think in the in the industry now, I think that there is the understanding that you know kids are around, and and so if you're on a conference call and a kid pops in because they need a snack or something like that, I, I think everybody's had that experience now, and I, totally. I don't think anybody's like you know, bats an eye to it anymore, right? Yeah, and if anything, they welcome it, right? <laughs> right, exactly. So I, I think, you know, certainly, I think that's a positive that, that the pandemic has has shown us, right? That I think it, it really has shown that parents are parents and, and you know, you, you have to do what you can. You, you try to, to make it work however you can. Um, I think, you know, certainly we, uh, we've, loosened up our screen time restrictions with with our three-year-old you know during (laughs) during the pandemic which i think a lot of people have but you know you you get by however you can (laughs) absolutely well um you know things are slowly returning to a semblance of normalcy and i know it's still you know different in different areas but i am curious if there's any routine or habit that you've adapted you know adopted during this remote environment whether you know about your your just sort of parenting or just in general um that you intend to keep as as we sort of re-enter the world. Yeah, and I, I feel a little bit silly about saying this because I, I know that you know the answer for this it would be for for a lot of people would be something like you know rec- exercising more regularly or learning a new skill. But but for me, I, I think it really would be grocery delivery services. <laughs> I, think I love it that that um, you know it, it's a bit of a luxury, but I, I think you know it really has been. Um, a game changer, I think, you know, um, especially now with, with two young kids, you know, finding the time to, to spend an hour over an hour on, on a weekend to, to just go to a grocery store and, and, and shop it, it, it really, you kind of feel like you're, you're kind of wasting your time, you know, now, now with, with the technology that's available, um, you know, and, and, you know, to, to the point of, of exercising and, and, and spending family time, like this, this really is enabling that to some degree, right? Like, um, if I think about the time that, that we get back that we can spend as a family and, and not, you know, you know, basically trapped in, in a grocery store, it, it really feels like a, a huge benefit. So um, I'm, I think that that's here to stay. Um, I think that, that uh, you know, certainly it's not without its hiccups. We've gotten wrong items or, or, or you know, missing <laughs> right. items occasionally, but I, I think that the, the costs um, are, are less than the benefits, so. <laughs> All right, that's a great answer. I absolutely love that. Well. Um, as we speak to different members around the in-house, I, there's a couple of questions I ask everyone, so I will ask you them as well. Um, you know, first, what do you now know about working in-house that you wish you knew when you first entered the in-house practice? Yeah, so I think this actually echoes the answers of of a bunch of your previous, you know, participants. Um, but I'm going to say it too. I, I think it's it's important to um, know that you're 
uh, a business person in addition to being a lawyer, right? When you're you're part of a company, it's your job to to also know the business. Um, I think the thing is that that in-house lawyers aren't only looked for to, uh, looked to for legal advice. Mm-hmm. Um, they're they're um, you know it, that's certainly part of it. But you know, more importantly, you're part of the business, and it's just as critical to help the the business achieve its goals. Um, you know, when you think about it, in law school, we were really trained to be sort of legal issue spotters. Um, but you know, and and it is important to do that. But I think as in-house counsel, it's arguably more important to figure out you know what the next step is, right? Um, yeah. You know, what do you do about the issue that you've spotted? And and sometimes that's going to be a legal solution, but often and, and probably more often than not, it's going to be something that's non-legal. Um, it's going to be a, a change to the business strategy. It's going to be a, um, a, a, a something that leverages a relationship or, uh, you know, um, something that that, you know, the legal tools are not the only tools out there and it's important that that we as in-house lawyers um recognize that and and really learn those other skills and learn the the business um i think the the only way that we you get to the the right solution for the business is by understanding what their concerns are what what um the industry is doing and in sort of understanding you know um the the your colleagues and and other people that you're working with that's a, a fantastic answer. And yes, I, I, echoes of previous ones, but uh, no, I love the way you said that. And so secondly, um, what is the best piece of career advice that you've ever received? Yeah, and, and so uh, here, I think I'm gonna uh, cheat a little bit um, and, and sort of give a category of advice and, and sort of, because uh, I think a lot of pieces of advice fall within it. But um, I, I think it's communication. Um, I, I think that th- this is something that you know I'm I'm constantly struggling to work on. But I, I think it's it's important to remember that you're the only one that knows you know what's going on in your head unless you share it, right? Mm-hmm. And so in the case where you're you're unhappy, the only way to get it resolved is if you communicate it to somebody else. Um, and, and you address it, right? So if you're frustrated with a colleague, you know, and assuming that's the right time and, and manner for it, you, you you need to raise it and and discuss it. Or, you know, maybe in the situation where your manager doesn't know how to help you properly in your career, you know, you, you have to learn how to manage up and, and, and work on that, right? And so mm-hmm. I, I think, you know, and, and it's not only true when you're unhappy. I think certainly when you're for for when you're happy as well, you you want to be free with your congratulations and your recognitions of of other people's successes. You know, you want to let the manager of your colleague know when an individual has sort of gone above and beyond. Um, you know, that they'll appreciate it, and I think I think um, it, it makes it builds relationships and it builds collaboration. Um, you know, I think certainly, if anything, the pandemic has shown that that the the sort of little social interactions that make up our our you know um, workplace relationships, um, the, how important they are, right? I, I think Absolutely. one of the things that that so many people miss is is being able to just say hi and 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 catch up with with their colleagues during the course of the day. Um, and I, I think you know something to to think about doing is just to to give somebody you know somebody a call that you may not work with a ton but but you occasionally would otherwise see in the office and and just say hey how are you doing 
how's it going? Um, what's new in your life? And I think, um, you know, and, and, and I think communication plays such a big role. You know, it's, it's, it's how we network. It's how we, um, learn new things. It's, it really is, um, the, the key. And I think the, the inclination often with lawyers is to um, stay a little bit more reserved and stay a little bit more buttoned up and, and be a little bit more cautious about what you're saying. I, I think that that's, that's something that's kind of trained into us. Um, and I think it's something that, that we all should work on to, to, um, to be better lawyers, frankly. That's a fantastic answer. And I, I completely agree. Um, well, this has been fantastic, Patrick. Is there anything else that you um, would like to share with us today? Yeah, and and this is a little bit self-serving, but I, I think you know <laughs> the the ACC has been a great resource to 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 me, and um, and I know to you as well. Um, and I, I think. Um, one thing that I wanted to just say is that, you know, if there are ACC Northeast members that are listening to this podcast, um, if you have any interest in, in participating in any of the committees, um, especially the, the uh, communications committee and the, the <laughs> next gen committee, which I, you know, I have a, a interest in, um, you know, let us know. You, we're always looking for volunteers. We're always looking for, for active participation. Um, I think that the, the um, organization is only as good as as the members um, make it right and and you know like you you had the idea to put together this podcast and which is, has been great during the pandemic um, and I think uh, you know others you know volunteers as they come up bring great ideas bring new ideas and I, I think that that is is really what we're looking for so um, you know we're always looking for volunteers you can you can always reach out to, to Julie Duffy um, and please, you know, indicate what you're interested in doing because we'll, we'd love to have you. Fantastic. I couldn't have said it better myself and I, uh, I absolutely am all for a, a self-serving plug. So that is uh, <laughs> terrific. And yeah, thank you so much, Patrick. This really has been phenomenal. Yeah, it's my pleasure. And thanks for having me on. Oh, my pleasure. Well, um, thank you everyone for listening today. This has been another episode of Around the In-House, now available on iTunes, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Please be sure to subscribe, follow us on Twitter at ACC Northeast, and watch out for the ACC Northeast chapter posts on LinkedIn to hear more future episodes of Around the In-House. I'm Alex Safariot, and look forward to speaking with all of you again soon.